This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. But I am still out in Bakersfield, California on our trip that Rocky and I took to come out and be with our leaders out here. It's just been a wonderful four days. We head back today, but... uh, I don't think we're going to let you leave. (laughs) Well, you know, I think our... I was thinking about this morning when I was just... I was journaling and I thought... Our goal was to just come out and encourage and try to just love on the Bakersfield leaders. And I think we feel more encouraged and loved Mm -hmm. on than anybody. So uh, we're going home encouraged. So, uh, so yeah, so I wanted, I I love to tell stories and share stories of people that I get to meet all the time and you all don't get to meet all the time. So uh, I've got with me a special guest, one of the key leaders out here in Bakersfield, Jessica Smith. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So, so Jessica is, uh, she's kind of the, the administrative leader. But also, she's a women's leader, and uh, and a lot of other things that I probably don't even know about that you do. But uh, keeping Les Piercy straight, and these guys who uh, don't know how to check email and all that. Sometimes you know? <laughs> I just have to say, you got to land the plane. Uh-huh. When are we going to land the plane? Yes. So, uh, every region right. needs solid people who are good at yeah. organizing and administration and all that kind of stuff. So, so welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so I always have to start with just a little bit about who you are, mm-hmm. where you came from, uh, a little of your background, and, yeah. and, and then you can start blending in a little of your faith background, yeah. too. But just tell them who you are. Yeah, I'm Jessica Smith. I'm I'm married. I've been married for, this will be six years, mm-hmm. um, to my husband, Sebastian Smith. We met in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two boys, seven-year-old Luke, and then three-year-old Forrest. Mm-hmm. Um, we live here in Bakersfield. We both grew up in Tashby, which is about 45 minutes east of Bakersfield, little town. And um, man, the journey's just blowing up there, too, which yes. is super sweet to watch. And seeing everything come full circle, too. Um, just journey groups of people that I grew up with. And last year, I did the journey with a gal who... Um, is well she's still my best friend but we grew up together and we went our separate ways and came back and so it was really through that journey season that we were able to forgive one another and reconcile that relationship so that was a sweet time um but i um yet growing up i didn't have a real strong faith foundation um so i look at a christian home now and i i wasn't provided that growing up Um, I grew up between two homes. My parents were separated. They were never married. And so we went to, um, we went to church on Christmas and Easter and the Mm -hmm. holidays. And it was honestly the closest church nearby. So it could have been a Catholic church. It could have been a Baptist church. You never know whatever was near. Um, so I always knew who God was, um, but I never knew anything about him. I didn't know his character. I didn't know um, what was offered to me freely. And so it wasn't until college that I started dabbling in the church or for, I would say senior year of high school, college, I started dabbling in the church. Um, But those beginning years, like those adolescent years, those high school years, I had big voids that I was trying to fill. Um, abandonment, just like this deep longing to be known and to be um, loved and chosen and cherished. And um, I had 
a lot of love in the home. Um, but I, I would say that my uh, parents between one or the other going back and forth, sometimes they were physically present, but not emotionally available mm -hmm. or vice versa. And so I started to have these deep voids in my heart, um, and just would fill them with anything that would, that would, uh, not satisfy, but I felt in the moment would satisfy. So that looked like anything from sex to alcohol to, um, just trying to be wanted and, um, surrounded by people who I thought loved me, but really was just empty promises. Mm. Um, and so I carried on those types of patterns through high school and college. And then really in college is when I started figuring out Jesus, like mm. this Jesus guy who has just so much to offer. And, um, but I still was in the midst of that sin cycle and in that pattern. And so, um, what really was a turning point for me was my freshman year of college. I had been dabbling in the church. Um, I have seven brothers and sisters. Don't know if I mentioned wow, that. Wow. Um, and so, and we all kind of grew up together, kind of not. We all had separate, you know, families. And so it would take a whole another episode to try and explain <laughs> my family tree. So we're not going to do that. But um, I saw the way that God was moving in my brother. And so my brother lived in Clovis at the time. I was going to Cal State Monterey Bay and um studying communications and i saw the way that god was moving on my brother like i grew up with my brother i know his patterns and his cycles and i'm like man if god could do a work in his life i know that he could do a work in mine hmm. and so it was one um saturday evening we were at a church in clovis fresno and um, I decided to give my life to the Lord there and be baptized that same day. Mm. So I did that with my brother. Um, and really, that's when things started to shift for me. Um, so I started getting plugged into a church in Monterey and I started serving with the youth um, and just being really present. <clears throat> Still having those voids, though. So I thought that if I could fill them with busyness, mm -hmm. if I could fill my life with busyness, then I wouldn't have time to get in trouble and do all the other things. <laughs> yep. And so that was my avenue to try to, um, you know, live a better life, not fully surrendered, you know, but just saying, if I just keep myself busy, then I won't have time to do the other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that for a long time. Um, so kind of fast forward, I ended up pregnant in college. Um, you know, just in the midst of this sin cycle, living one foot in, one foot out, I'd go to church on Sunday, but the cycle still looked really the same Thursday through or, you know, the, all the other days. Mm -hmm. And so I um, found myself pregnant in college, moved to Bakersfield. And that's when my life took a turn right there is uh, 2016, found myself living with a, a guy that I knew I wasn't going to marry pregnant and just like, what am I doing? Got plugged into a local church here in Bakersfield. Um, my family was close, but not close at the same time. My parents still lived in uh, Tatchby, but um, just, you know, doing their own thing. And I would find myself at the Bridge Bible Church walking in and walking out on a Sunday morning in the back row, trying to live this Jesus life, but pregnant and just feeling all the guilt and the shame. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't Till one day I started walking out and there was a gentleman who met me in the foyer and he said, hey, Christmas is coming and I want you to serve on our greeting team. And just in that moment, like God used him in a big way. And I just felt so seen. Mm. And it was from that moment forward that I really started to dive in and surrender. Mm. And so fast forward a little bit more. I had my son, Luke. He was six months old and I was going through a love study at the bridge and I had a leader. And she told me, um, she told me, Jessica, 
Um, sometimes we have to allow God to heal the wounds that are open on our hearts so we can fully feel the fullness of his love for us. Mm. Like if you're still wounded and you still have those deep wounds, like those are hindrances. Yeah. You know, how are you going to experience the fullness of God's love for you? You know, just quick, I don't want to interrupt you, but John Eldridge talks about how these wounds are there and they're mm-hmm. scabbed over. Mm-hmm. We don't even really often know they're there. Yeah. But the enemy knows they're there. Yeah. And so he's going to poke his arrows right in that that wound. Oh, and, and it until hurts. we open it up and let Jesus heal it. Yeah. It'll be, still be there. You yeah. Know? So that's kind of what you're describing, I think. Yeah. And it's a whole life process, right? Yes. Like yeah. even in this season, just even in this season of my own life, like I heard um, a worship song yesterday or the day before yesterday. And um, in the midst of it, I think Natasha or someone, she was testifying in the midst of it. And she said, man, I've been cutting off these branches, but God wants me to dig out the root. Oh, wow. And I'm like, mm. ah, I think that's a whole life process. Like I'm a really great tree trimmer. Mm-hmm. But he's calling me to the root. He's calling me to dig out the root. And it's just a life process. He wants to give us a new heart. Yeah. Right? He wants to remove the heart of stone and give us a new heart. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she she told me that. And she said, you've got to allow those wounds to be fully healed. Not by what the world tells you. You know, not in the way the world gives us, um, you know, um, what's it called? Immediate, you know. Uh, what am I trying gratification. To gratification. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So not in that way, but over time and through the love of Jesus and through forgiveness and, you know, as he's sanctifying us. And so um, I sat down at my kitchen table after that session. I was still living with um, my son's dad at the time. And I sat there and I said, I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm ready. And if you don't want me to be here, I need you to take me out. And I'm fully going to surrender. And I just want you to do what you want to do your way, not mine. I don't care if it hurts, if it's painful, uh, whatever it looks like, just do it. And so that was the beginning of what I was like. I had no idea what was going to come next, Mm -hmm. but it was over that the course of, I would say two weeks, like really immediate that there was a separation between Uh, Luke's dad and I, and I moved out. I was homeless for like two weeks. It was a really traumatizing move, Mm. you know, but God heard my prayers in that moment. He knew uh, what it took and he knew it was going to be messy and he knew it was going to be heartbreaking. Um, But the bottom line was being there was not God's plan for my life. Mm. Um, But I was holding on to the world and I was trying to hold on to that intimate place with Jesus. And you can't live in both places. Yeah. And so it, it, within that two weeks, I was out of that house. I was homeless. I did go through a deep, you know, dark place, but it was there where I fell on my face and really, really met Jesus. Fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm um, living for Jesus. I feel like I have a good grasp on who he is and how he loves me. I'm allowing him to dig out these roots, you know, but it is this process. So I'm still, um, you know, falling and getting back up, surrounding myself with people who love him, who love him more than me, who are encouraging me. And um, I get introduced to the journey. Mm. And that changed everything again. It was just like, um, just that second light bulb went off again, where you could live in this place where you, um, you feel like you're doing it, 
you know, you, and you are, you're, you're living in obedience to the Lord. And in that process too, had my second child, got married to my husband. So that was a whole thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, like I said, I met him in high school, so we had history already. And so we had a really fast engagement. We got married. We didn't want to do things the wrong way again. So we're like, let's just do it quick. Um, and he's a great guy, by the way. I've gotten yeah. to know Sebastian. Yeah. And, and what yeah. a great supporter of what you're doing in the ministry. And, yeah. you know, he's got his own gifts and things he's doing, but he just loves what you're doing here. So, yeah. And he, um, man, God uses him in such a big way, mm-hmm. you know, and his gifts, like his number one gift is faith. Mm-hmm. And if you know him, you see it. Mm-hmm. You just see totally. that gift of faith. Just when I can't see it, when I feel like there's no end, he just steps out in faith. And, um, that's just a whole other topic too. Um, but I don't even know. So you got into the journey. Yeah, got into the journey. And um, that's when I really started to understand deeply God's characteristics, who he is, how he created me, um, what my purpose is. And I really feel like through that first season of the journey, um, studying God's characteristics in that first section is where I feel like I really, really had that deep sense of surrender mm. in my life. Um, through that first season of the journey, also, I feel like there was another area in my heart that was healed from my hometown, just like the um, just some of the things that I carried with being back in Tatchby sometimes. So my first year of the journey, I did it in Tatchby. Okay. So I was living in Bakersfield, but I would drive to Tatchby once a week. And Which is I, about an hour away, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a... Another, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I had high expectations, you know, for the journey, which God provided. It mm-hmm. was so good. Um, but I didn't what I didn't know is that he was also going to use the journey and the time that I spent in the car driving to my journey group to really continue to heal my heart. Mm-hmm. And so when I would get to the off ramp for Tatchby, I'd be like, oh, who am I going to see? Who am I going to run into? Who's going to be in my journey group? You know, and I, I had said that that friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the midst of my sin cycle, she, she has an amazing story, but she was, um, pursuing me in the midst of my sin cycle back in 2016. Mm. And I just, um, I kind of, I shut her out, you know, I was in isolation and she would call, I wouldn't answer, but it was in that first season of the journey that God put us in the same journey group without us knowing I was too, I had her on my heart. God put her on my heart to invite, but I was too chicken to invite her, Mm. but I mean, my, me and my weakness doesn't change God's plan, right? <laughs> he made her, he, he made us be there at the same time, which was super sweet. And that relationship was restored and she's still one of my best friends today. Mm. But man, did God just use the journey to heal my heart in that first season. Um, and then studying through the Holy Spirit um, was really, really life-changing for me too. Mm. Um, yeah. So this year in the journey is where... Um, Man, I feel like I'm undergoing another heart surgery, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, just even this morning journaling through all the all the times in scripture. And I only think I only jur- journaled through five where um, it talks about to love one another. Mm. Like, what does it look like to love one another? Mm. Um, and so what's really hitting me right now through the journey is that um, and I said this last night and it, my flesh doesn't like to say it because I feel like my pride tries to creep up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been going through this season of discouragement lately. And, um, the reason is cause I'm, I was not abiding. Mm. And so, um, you know, and, and that looks as a, as a leader, uh, and as a guide, you know, you don't want to admit that 
But through the chaos of what's been going on and just the season of busyness, um, you know, I would do all the work to prep for my for my journey group and to make sure that I had, you know, just things prepped up. But when was I actually spending that time with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so that's where I've been convicted lately is like, you can do the first, you can't do, you can't love God and not love others. Oh, that's my question that I'm like wrestling with right now is like, God, can I, can I really love others? Um, can I do one without the other? Mm -hmm. How can I love others? Well, you know, if I'm not loving you or vice versa. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is that, um, yeah, if you're, if I'm in this discouraged state, you know, the, the fruit of abiding Mm -hmm. isn't discouragement. The fruit of abiding is that joy and peace and patience. It's that self-control faithfulness, you know? And, and so if I'm discouraged, it's because I'm not abiding. And so I feel grateful for you guys being here too, because it's caused me to dig into the word more. Mm. Um, even just going through our prayer retreat last week, like I feel like I had a breakthrough even mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so I feel super grateful that I'm not in that discouraged place, you know, and I can rest in that freedom. So well, and we we always tell our leaders, we're always on the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you oh, do yeah. the journey, check the box, and now I'm a leader. And mm-hmm. you know, you guys do the journey, I'll just kind of watch you. Right. Go through the journey. Yeah. No, you're, we're always on the journey. Yeah. We have to lead out of our abiding. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first journey group, they uh, somebody was talking about being busy. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard this before back then, years ago, 17 years ago. But they said, you know what busy stands for? B-U-S-Y. Being under Satan's yoke. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and if, if he can't make us sin, he'll make us busy. You know, 100%. 100%. And, you know, that's just, and, you know, and Rocky calls it rule number one. Let's get rule number one is abide. Yeah. So if it gets too complicated, just go back to sitting at the Lord's feet and yeah. and seeking him and he'll tell you what to do. Right. Yeah. Rule number one, abide. Love God. Rule <laughs> yeah. number one. Yeah. And we love out of our abiding. You know, that's it's a fruit, like you said. Yeah. So. And another thing is uh, someone, uh, Mike Hearn, he's another wise leader of ours up in Wichita. One time he said he had a re- revelation that as we're with other uh, believers and abiders were that's abiding too. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, abiding is not just your quiet time in the morning mm-hmm. for however long yeah. with your Bible. You can't do that all day long, right? right. I mean, you got to go to your job or whatever, you know, but as we're, as we're with other people, sometimes we're abiding and we're sharing the love and mm-hmm. that's, that's abiding too. Yeah. You know? And praying so, without ceasing. Yeah. That's yeah praying throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. Thinking of God throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when you said something being under Satan's yoke, and uh-huh. so this is where I journaled um, the other day, Galatians five, one for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, there, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Ah, uh, yeah. The and, devil tries to come back and say, yeah, get back in you again, know, get again. back into the yoke of slavery. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, it's interesting, even yesterday when Rocky was talking, he talked about this process of um, being completed is in a, in a process in eternity or it takes eternity to be completed. Right. Right. Like we're never going to, we're never going to make it. We're never going to arrive. Yeah. And so when I read that, like, do not submit again, I'm like, I felt so known in that, in that scripture. Like, Mm. I'm like, man, the Lord knows that I'll be tempted again Mm -hmm. to submit to that yoke of slavery again and again. And it goes back to that. Um, you know, we can be really good tree trimmers, but Mm. when are we going to be 
really good at digging that root out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's a, it's, it is an eternal process. But I, mm-hmm. I and I've I heard another guy talk about all the great uh, people of faith, all the mm-hmm. men of faith, the great founders of our faith. Mm-hmm. If you study their lives at the end of the life, even they always still had this holy tension yeah. of never feeling like they've arrived. Mm-hmm. They always just felt insufficient. Mm-hmm. And that's by design so that God will keep us dependent on him to the very end. Oh, yeah. We have to be, de- it's yeah. got to be about him, not about us mm-hmm. always. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your role here yeah. with the ministry and kind of what you've witnessed here. Uh, they needed, they needed some administrative help mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how to, because so, they, they have big numbers out here in Bakersfield, if you all didn't know. I mean, they have thousands of people yeah. that have gone through the journey and they do big events. And I just looked at our database yesterday and we have um, 91 journey groups registered in our database. Wow. Um, 22. I'll just speak for the women because, hey, women, <laughs> we have 22 women's journey groups here in our region. Two awesome. of them are virtual um, and then 20 of them are in person. And that ranges from Kernville or sorry, Glenville. Oh, Glenville. Don't get mad at me. Glenville, <laughs> Tatchby and Bakersfield. OK, so all within 45 minutes of each other. And um, yeah, we're just and multiple churches that are yeah. uh, believing the journey yep. and love using it in their churches yep. and hosting it in their churches. Mm-hmm. I think we have like up to nine church partnerships here yeah. in Bakersfield. Yeah. And, and your database is getting up to thousands. almost 9000, 9000 people. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, so you've helped them kind of bring some organization to the chaos a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and, and for setting up planning center and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. So I do a lot of the communication internally and externally. So externally with our wide database of that 9,000 then internally with our guides and our co-guides and staff and board and stuff like that. Um, I've helped, um, the organization, um, just get cleaned up, really. Mm-hmm. We used to use Excel spreadsheets, and now we're on Planning Center. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to bore you all with that. But, but it's you, had just a back, a, you had a background in that, right? Yeah, yep. At a church. And- I used to work for a local church here in town, um, and so I had a background in just that data management and stuff like that. So I, I helped them get organized, um, and it's that's been going really well, just a communication tool um, between groups and adding resources. So all of our groups and our guides have the ability to upload their own resources um, and to communicate with one another. That's not just a group text message or, you know, and have calendar um, dates and stuff that they can send out, you mm-hmm. know, and it's all digital. So it's yeah. it's been good. So um, is it fair to put you out there as a resource for regents who want a little help in that area? Yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. You've helped, you've already helped a lot of people. You did some training for us on planning center and all that, yeah. but a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to use it. So, <laughs> you know, it's really cool too, is we have some other um, guides in the region in Kern County who are really, really good at planning center too. Okay. Good. And so I've actually recruited some help. Yeah. So yeah, for other regions, if you guys need help, if you know, you find that people need help, like okay. we have resources to help with that for yeah. sure. Um, so, um, what has been your view of what's happening here in Bakersfield? Mm-hmm. And then, and then like, even with the greater ministry, I don't know, I don't know if you knew that much originally about the greater <laughs> ministry of what's going on out everywhere else. Yeah. It's been amazing to watch the growth. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say that my first event with influencers Bakersfield, like I just recall that first event and I just have to say that influencers is different. You know, um, we've talked about it before, like being involved in, um, you know, church atmosphere and different small groups or whatever groups that we're a part of, um, influencers is different. And I think it's because of this, that we take the call to love one another seriously. Hmm. And so it's apparent that when you walk into a room with people who are abiding in Christ, um, that they love differently. 
purely with a pure heart and it's genuine. Um, so it's been amazing to see the growth, not only in our region, but globally, different mm -hmm. translations of the material. Mm -hmm. Like that just blows my mind. I'm like, when do I get to go <laughs> um, see what's going on around the world? I have a passion for that too. I'd love to take my family. Um, but what I see here in Kern County, and again, I'll speak a little bit for the women, but I really do. Um, I see when I, when I read in Galatians 5.13 and it talks about um, being called to freedom. Mm -hmm. We're called to freedom, not so that we can use our freedom for selfish desires or desires of the flesh, but to love and serve one another. Mm -hmm. And then it gives a warning, like, don't, you know, if you bite and devour one another, don't be, don't be, um, like a, the warning that you will also be bitten and devoured mm -hmm. by others. Mm -hmm. Right. And Paul's very clear there. He's like, you, what you've been called to is freedom mm -hmm. and it's got to look different. Your freedom is not used for your selfish desires, but it's used to love and serve one another and to build each other up. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I look at Kern County and the church of Kern County, I see that happening and I, and I desperately long for that for the women, too. So when women come into a group with one another and we hold Refresh, which is a gathering where uh, us women get together, it's for worship and for we serve a meal and we do fellowship. And then a gal sh shares her testimony. Mm. And it's this really intimate setting um, of vulnerability and where women can come together and really hear and respond to their father in heaven. Um, but it looks different. Mm hmm it's got to look different because if it doesn't look different, then we're just being like the world. Mm. Um, and so I really see that in the women, you know, cultivating that environment where we can be vulnerable and we can be open with one another, but not only for the women, but for Kern County mm -hmm. and global. Well, the, the men, the men do like a monthly deal mm -hmm. called M6, I yeah. think, where mm -hmm. they gather and have food and a testimony. Yeah. Is that kind of what refreshes the women's side of that? Yeah. Kind of? Okay. So the men uh, gather every month and mm -hmm. then the women gather every other month. Okay. So okay. we're, we're making our way to every month, but not yet. Yeah. 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 That is so, so awesome. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a place for women to kind of be mm -hmm. over here and men to be over here, but mm -hmm. there's. On this trip, anyway, the men and women all been blended together, and it's like one big family. I mean, yeah. it's been awesome. So, because yeah. uh, most of, most of the people in our ministry are married, you know, yeah. so it's great when the whole family's part yeah, of this thing, for sure. You know, and and then and then you know, I'm going to be interviewing some um, guys who from uh, the guy Tommy from Tommy's Legacy, and yeah, and just another example of how it works itself outward. The love works itself out to the, to the community mm -hmm. to to help tangible needs in mm -hmm. the community, just like the early church did. Mm -hmm. You know, so. yeah. And to see, too, it's like, man, as we love and serve one another, there is no competition. Yeah. There yeah. is no room for comparison or mm -hmm. for jealousy. Right. We serve the same God. We're on the same team, mm -hmm. you know, and we want to see each other win and succeed. Um, and so I, that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Tommy's legacy, too. It's like, man, to be able to come alongside them and love and to support them. It's just a real raw picture oh. of abiding in Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just loving people, like you said, and, yeah. and meeting basic needs and all that, you know, yeah. which is just, you know, that's kind of the story in the journey of the inner chamber. Mm -hmm. The influencer yeah. gets off his horse and gives a guy some food and water, rubs his back basic before meat. he ever takes him to the bridge. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's yeah. got to, people have to know their love before you can tell them about Jesus. Yeah. You know, they got to know that you love them, yeah. you know, and so that's, that's the key. So, and you came to the women's summit a couple of years ago yeah. and got to meet women from around mm -hmm. the country and, 
And I think I think there's a growing that's a, definitely a growing part of our ministry is mm-hmm. the women, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. what do you think about that? I mean, I, you I'm see, ready. The, yeah, you're ready. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, excited. I think there's women like you uh, out there. Yeah, we might not even know them yet. You mm-hmm. know, they're just waiting to be discovered or yeah. they're looking. So. Uh, so I hope anyone who hears this ministry out there will yeah. know, hey, there's a definite place for women women in this ministry. It's not a men's ministry. Yeah. It's a discipleship ministry. Yeah. Oh, and would you just, would you come? Would you come be a part of it? You know, taste and see. Because, yeah, the women's side is growing. I'm so excited for that. Even just being able to connect globally, you know, with different women and the women that I met at the Global Summit. Like, it's just, it is encouraging to see different parts of the world, different parts of the country, mm-hmm. um, all on mission for the same thing. Yeah, we have a monthly call that any women who are interested in being part of the ministry could jump in on. On mm-hmm. It's on the first uh, Tuesday of each month and mm-hmm. in the evening, mm-hmm. uh, 7 o'clock Central Time. But uh, let, contact the, me through the website if you're interested in being on that call. But, you know, all it would take is just a woman who's passionate, wants to make disciples, mm-hmm. pray about a co-guide, mm-hmm. pray about women to invite mm-hmm. and start a journey group. You yeah. know, that's where it all starts. Yeah. And I feel so often, like we talked before this, like what gets in the way? It's fear. Uh-huh. It's fear that gets in the way. It's the um, even just a little foothold of the the lies of the world, the mm-hmm. lies of the enemy, just t- saying that oh no, someone else will do that. Yeah, you know, and I've had to battle that myself. Like someone else will take that role, someone else will take that job, or someone else is more qualified. It's like, man, would we just rebuke that? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all on mission. Um, if you put your faith in Jesus, you got a role and a part to play, mm-hmm. and God's sovereign, but we still have responsibility. Well, and and I I hear about your I can hear your freedom and see your mm-hmm. freedom and and you're able to bring that to other women. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other women out there walking around in shame and guilt mm-hmm. and with orphan spirits and yeah. all that. Yeah. And and I'm sure that you've witnessed it in all oh, yeah. in women and men, but yeah. uh, seeing the women being set free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing when you see a woman just like claim that identity as a daughter of mm-hmm. God. You're like, we all rejoice together, right? Uh huh. So it is sweet. It's a sweet, sweet thing that I get to witness for sure and yeah. be a part of. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, well, uh, thank you, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, thank thanks you. for all you're doing for the ministry and, yeah. and serving us and uh, and just keep abiding and we'll uh, all keep praying for each other and yep. all that. So uh, it's going to be fun to see what God does in the, in the, in the coming. And, you know, and even recently we didn't get into it, but there's been some recent challenges and mm-hmm. people not understanding who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I'm so glad we came out here because I think all it's done is drive us all closer together. Oh, yeah. And help us band together even more. Yeah. In that loving community. Absolutely. And that would be that's also my prayer. And I um, just allowing um, allowing the opportunity to see our hearts. Mm hmm you know, and to see really what we do. And I believe that that's um, one thing that we're passionate about with everything that we do in our journey groups and events that we do here in Bakersfield. We're passionate about showing who we are and what we do mm-hmm. because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Rocky um, has created some amazing material, but it's not about Rocky. Mm-hmm. It's about Jesus. And he would be the first person to say that. And so I just love the opportunity that we've gotten over this past these past four days, even to meet with local pastors, mm-hmm. just to share who we are, what we do and what we believe. Oh, it's been, that was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that lunch with 18 pastors mm-hmm. of all different denominations yeah. and, and yeah, it was just such a spirit of unity mm-hmm. there. And the, the verse that's coming to my mind is John says, you'll know them by their fruit. Um, yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the test. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of fruit's coming off of mm-hmm. any ministry? You and know, a good, so. and a good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. <laughs> that's right. And that's vice right. versa. So that's I just, right. I'm encouraged by that. And I know that, um, 
from this, there will be much more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's always pruning, like you talked Mm -hmm. about pruning and all that, that yields even more fruit. So, yeah. Good. All right. Well, my guest uh, here has been Jessica Smith. She's uh, one of the leaders in Bakersfield, California. And uh, thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So uh, to learn more about the ministry and what's going on, they actually have a page on our website. When you go to our locations, you can look up Bakersfield and they have their own website, which is influencersbakersfield.org. If you want to just spy on those guys, see what they're doing. Um, we, we've learned a lot from Bakersfield through the years and, and a lot of other regions have done M6s and other things because mm-hmm. uh, you guys are so creative and the way you do things and, and a lot of a lot of love for yeah. sure. So uh, anyway, my name is Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and uh, I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.